What is the deal? Man, yo, hey, check this out. Check this out. Check this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, t- I, I was in the lands. You feel me? That's right. That's right. I was in the lands. Uh, and so me and my guys were out karaoke and having a good time. <laughs> Fucking love karaoke, dude. Hey, one of the best things you can do with your guys. Oh, Nothing like it. Nothing like I it. I don't even need any guys. I'm a solo act anyway. Just let me shine, bro. Hey, that's <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, you know, we're having a good time. And um they're the the bar's closing early, so we're getting ready to go. My guy goes, Hey, let's meet up at Bleachers. This is other bar. All right, bet. So we pull up to Bleachers and they're about to close too. Oh. But the owner comes out and goes, Come on, we got you guys. Come on. Nice. So nice. it's just us. It's just us in the bar, right? And we're just chilling, having a good time. Yeah. And these two girls uh come in and they sit down at the far end of the table. Okay. And um I was with Flareon. So Oh, okay. Flareon so, returns. So I I got to see all this from a from a third person view, and this was amazing what I seen. All right. <laughs> okay. So two of my guys. We'll call one um Arcanine. And we'll call the other one uh, Hitmontop because he was in one of my other stories as Hitmontop. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so they both, they did a two-man and were successful, right? Okay. And, you know, they're, they're doing their thing. I see them macking them down, talking to each other, you know what I'm saying? And I hear some freaky shit. Oh. I hear I hear, I hear one of the girls go, whip that shit out then. And I'm like, uh-huh. I'm like, wait, hold on. What? Whip what out? <laughs> and on the at the corner of my eye, I seen somebody pull up. And walk into the bar and immediately I get the ick. Oh shit. What if that's one of their boyfriends? Oh no. And what do you know? She gets off of she gets off of Arcanine and she goes, Act like you don't know me. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Your spidey senses were tingling, huh? No. <laughs> it never fails. Oh and no. Then, and so she she goes inside, she hugs the man, and I guess they have a whole conversation. I, I I don't know what they're talking about because by the, by this point we're outside so you know she goes sure. in she gives him a fucking kiss and he leaves and goes home he came all the way for that yeah and so she comes back out she's like yeah that's one of my baby daddies I got two kids and two baby daddies oh I'm like whoa <laughs> oh and then the yeah. other girl goes yeah I got three babies and two baby daddies oh and my I'm god like, oh my god <laughs> and I'm like wait hold on how old is your I mean, I'm not gonna tell how old they were, but yeah, I was no, blown but... away. I, I was I was blown away. Four baby daddies, five oh, kids. God, between the two, between the two, yeah. Hmm. And no yeah. shame. Hey, no, it's like that. No shame. I get it. I get it. Hey, but if damn. they don't respect their own relationship, my guys aren't going to respect that either. So no, not they so did much. what they did. And the moral of the story is: this is why I will never enter a relationship <laughs> ever again. <laughs> oh, just at all? You're just done with them. <laughs> Because these women cannot be trusted nowadays. Trifling You're lucky I didn't continues. say the B word. <laughs> <laughs> the trifling continues, people. It continues in these streets. It what continues. is going on? Man, listen. If you got if you got kids, there's no reason why you should be out at a bar. God, no. At 1 a.m. on a Sunday. Don't you okay you got school in the morning? On a Sunday? On a Sunday. Don't you got to take them to daycare? Don't you got to work? Like... Oh my on god! On a Sunday, I don't even care if it's like the middle of summer, like it kind of is now. We're getting to the tail end of things, but like, especially in summer where the kids don't have school, I'm still not going to the bar on a Sunday, regardless. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck? Who does that? Are bars even open on Sundays? 
Hey, like I said, they were about to close, but they opened up because of us. I'm surprised they're open in the first place. Like we we were in there buying like 15 rounds, like 15 shots of rounds. So they were well, like, "Fuck you, come on." Yeah. I'm glad you made it worth their time and effort, you know, to to serve you your drinks. But oh no, man, <laughs> I didn't pay for Sunday. Well, maybe not you specifically. <laughs> you made it worth their while though. But Sundays at a bar, I'm sorry, that's just I'm not about that vibe. That's a whole different mentality, man. Hey, I'll tell you what. It was one of the most spontaneous, eventful nights I've ever had in my life. It sure all sounds this, like it. All of this was planned in 15 minutes. Nice. <laughs> hey, it was, hey, we're about to go home. Okay, I'll pull up. I pulled up. Actually, I just got us a karaoke room, so we're going to go karaoke. Oh, you had one of the, the private rooms? Yeah. Oh, that's fucking, oh, my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. Now, see, I've never done the private rooms. I've always done, like, for a big crowd of people mm. but i've never done the private rooms i really fucking want to because i mean I, we gotta I, do I, got, I got my reservations you know i'm a, like i said i'm a star don't get me wrong i will <laughs> fucking blow out there but i've always wanted to do the private rooms because i know like that that sense of like oh i'm going in front of an audience if you got me in a room with just a few of my homies oh i'm singing everything the everything. full fucking catalog is on the record here so yeah, yes. I definitely need a private room, dude. That'd be fucking dope. Hey, we gotta go because I fucking love karaoke too. Done. We gotta go one of these days. What's your karaoke song? I gotta know. All right, so it depends. All right, if okay, me and my guy were tag team in "Same Girl" by Usher and R. Kelly. <laughs> we fucking body that shit. Me and Kiss yep. Mommy. <laughs> me and Kiss Mommy body that shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my! Another God. good one. Another good one is um uh I want it that way by Backstreet Boys. Great fucking song. Great karaoke song because everyone fucking knows it. It's a simple everyone song. Um, now I am an NSYNC guy instead of a Backstreet Boys guy, but that oh, song is dope. This I promise you. Yes. There you go. <laughs> there you go. This I promise you. That's that's uh, another classic. Dude. I got a lot. Uh, Let me love you by Mario. Great song. Um, trying to think of another one. Oh, I can't think of it right now. But those are like top four. <laughs> those are like top four to me because uh, I like I like singing with with the group and i also yep. like singing with just like one other person you know what I mean? oh so, yeah you gotta have those harmonies bro it's like boys to men yeah. if you get that good harmony it, the whole crowd goes crazy dude yeah a couple beers in oh man everyone's having a good time dude fuck yeah man now yeah. and you said this i promise you let me tell you this is how old i am that song is probably the first like panty dropper song i've ever actually heard as a, as a middle schooler like fucking eighth grade dances not an actual panty dropper just saying but yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. eighth grade dances, fucking slow songs, you know, when you put your fucking giant space in between you and your girl. But I was distinctly remember that was always the last fucking song that came on right before the end of the dance. And you knew you had to make your fucking move if you were trying to go with a girl or something. So that shit came on and everyone was in their fucking feelings. Everyone knows that song. <laughs> that is a fucking banger. 100% to this very day. But that has, I have fond memories. Of trying to, you know, feel up girls and shit in eighth grade uh, <laughs> with that song in the background. <laughs> Just hey, facts are facts, yeah. man. NSYNC could do no wrong back then. No, I was I was singing that song. I was in like I don't know how old I was. I was young as hell. So I was probably All like right. six, five, four, somewhere around there. Oh, I know that hurts my <laughs> that hurts my heart to hear it, but I understand the age gap is there. However, that's a generational song. So Generation. if you're doing karaoke to it, yeah, you're you're in good shape. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, I kind of stick to the classics. I mean, I'm more of a rock and roll guy just when it comes to karaoke. I've got two, and I guess one is not a, a rock and roll song, but it's hilarious. Um, one is Hotel California 
from the Eagles. And it's just because I've heard that song a billion times. I know all the lyrics. Fun fact, I did karaoke to that song about, I don't know, two or three years ago now, maybe four years now. And that's my wheelhouse. So I went up to do the song. And all of a sudden, the fucking screen stopped working. And the DJ, like, kind of pulled me aside before. And this is when the song was just getting up. It's got, like, a nice, like, two-minute interlude before it even gets going. Yeah. So I had some time. And the DJ kind of looked at me. He was like, dude, like, the screen's not working. Do you want to? He's giving me the signal, like, do you want me to cancel it? And, I, <laughs> and, and the coolest fucking thing I ever did in karaoke, I slowly just looked back at him and just kind of go, just keep it playing, bro. And I did that entire song off the top of the dome, fucking slayed it, fucking killed it. Crowd's going crazy. And I'm hitting it. Every fucking note. So yeah, I did that shit right off the dome, bro. No screens involved. Hey, that's when you know you know your music. I know my well, shit. You don't have to look at the screen and you just hear the <laughs> instrumental playing and you know yes. you know the cadence, you know the the, the all flow. Of it. Yeah. All of it. And that's that's not one person singing that song. That's a few dudes singing that song. And I did the whole yeah. thing myself. Fucking nailed it. <laughs> I was very proud of that moment. And the other song was back in college. There was this like little pizzeria that everybody went to right on the street corner, right by the dorms. And I was a freshman trying to just figure the shit out. Actually, I might have been a sophomore. Either way, because I was a sophomore. But still trying to figure my shit out. And this was like the hot hot spot to go. So everybody fucking hung out there. They had like fucking the greatest wing specials of my life. And shit was always like two in the morning, whatever. So they did karaoke like every Friday night. And then one night I decided just to go up there and just try it out. And that's Baby Got Back. By Sir Mix a lot. <laughs> Keep in mind again, in little Winona, Minnesota, not a lot of black folks. So me doing <laughs> that song was a big fucking hit. I ended up doing so well with that song, it became a production. So I I they asked me to come back and do that song for like five, six weeks in a row. <laughs> and this turned from me just being a solo artist to by the time I was done, I had backup dancers. <laughs> The Foster Fives. Oh, no. uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, these were women. Let's not get to this. This is not a Michael and Tito thing. You know, I had some dancers and shit. I ended up getting free pizza for like six fucking straight weeks, dude, just for doing that song. But that's another one where I'm like, I could do the entire thing. No screens involved. Man, and you you were on some Ray Charles shit. Man, just for a few songs. Just for the one, a few I'm songs. super confident in those songs. Hmm. Fucking love karaoke. I do it. I'll do it any day of the week. Mm, you know, mm, mm. I remember one of my first impressions I've had of you oh. was that you were a fucking amazing karaoke person. How did you figure that? I don't know. And I, I think I told you too. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I consider myself a karaoke king myself. Uh, oh, <laughs> see, okay. Like that. <laughs> the fact that you said karaoke king, that's literally something I say. So, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> he said some shit like that. <laughs> yep. Karaoke King is, yeah, I, I fucking love it, dude. It's just, oh, man. The funny thing is my wife had never seen me do it until, like, this past time we went, what the fuck was that? Maybe two months ago, three months ago, out in Waukesha, randomly had a karaoke night that we weren't even expecting. So I went up there and sang, actually, it's a trio. And that was actually pretty dope, too. But that was the first time my wife ever even saw me sing in front of people. And she's got, like, crippling stage fright. She can't even talk in front of people in a large oh, scale room, which is funny because her job makes her do that all the it's, time. But like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like wedding speeches or like karaoke, none of that shit. That's no, she'll go <laughs> insane. She'll jump out of bridge. Um, but yeah, she got to see me fucking do it finally after me talking shit about it for like 13 years saying how good I am at it. She finally got to see it and she agrees. I am the king of karaoke. <laughs> talking shit for, I don't know, just 
however old my oldest is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, long, way longer than that. That's probably one of the first things I talked about on our first date. Oh, now it's a badge of honor for me. I'll put it that way. One of the eight badges you've collected from your region. Absolutely. Respect karaoke badge. Oh, fuck you, yeah. dude. <laughs> well, I'm glad you had a great time again in Minnesota. I know that's like your fucking stomping grounds these days, man. The lands. The lands. Lance. The Lance. Me, I mean, it's I didn't do much this past week since our last show. I did take the kids to go see that new uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, Mutant Mayhem. Mm, how was it? And you know what? It was good, but it was all right. It wasn't great mm. like I was expecting. I had a lot of hype going into this, and mm. I feel like it's kind of my fault because again, seeing, you know, across the Spider-Verse so fucking recently, and this fucking movie was phenomenal it was phenomenal so i think i brought that expectation to this other animated movie especially for me i'm a turtles fanatic that is Mm. in my fucking blood i had every toy every dvd i went to their fucking live musical when i was like five years old so like and if if you don't know what that is folks google that shit youtube it because it's the weirdest fucking stage performance show i've ever seen and i've seen power rangers live Turtles, the out of their shell. The, the turtles. It was the coming out of our shells tour. Yes, that's what it was called. Whoa, and that was man. It was fucking crazy. Hey, they look. look. They look so weird. <laughs> Who's your favorite turtle, though? Uh, okay, it's funny you mentioned that. My, as I mentioned before, I am the oldest of four brothers. So we had this conversation like a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, my brother Ed, he he like tech, we have a you know group chat and everything. He goes. Hey, which turtles are you guys? And we always had this, this debate about which turtles we, you know, were growing up. And I was always Leonardo. I was always the oldest. I was always the most responsible one. That was the thing. Here's my thing, though. He's never been my favorite. Mm. My favorite has always been Donatello. The purple. I, the purple one. It's because yeah. he was the smart guy. Yeah. Donatello was always a tech whiz. Every fucking video game I played, that fucking bow staff he had. I like the range. It's the same with my UFC fighters. I love UFC fighters with range. Bob yeah. is with range. Donnie is a smart fighter. He wasn't always the most mature, mm-hmm. and he wasn't always like the best planner. But Donnie was the smartest type of fighter there was on that team. The rest of them mm-hmm. were either emotional, like Leo and Raph, or they're too fucking around like Mikey was. <laughs> Donnie was fucking calculated with his shit. I like yeah. effectiveness. So I've always been a Donnie guy. But I've always had to be the responsible one like Leo. So it's a it's mm. a complex story there. Well, what about yourself? I like Mikey. I know you do. I was gonna <laughs> guess before you even said it. <laughs> He's You're a fucking a troll. Yes. He's a fucking troll. Oh my god. Man, this I don't know, man. I just love his personality. Like you said, he fucks around a lot. Sometimes yep. he gets his ass whooped because he fucks around a lot. <laughs> but <laughs> but at the end of the day, he knows he has hands. That's true. And I don't know, man. I just love how funny he is. Oh yeah, I and, feel like he. Uh, I, I like characters that that kind of break the mold. Oh yeah, you know the other three. They're like very warrior, like you know. Very Ralph true. is pretty serious, right? Um, serious. Leonardo, like you said, like older, samurai, one, mature yeah. samurai type, and then Donnie, smart as fuck. Right, but he did his own thing. Mikey is thing. definitely. Yeah. Different. Mikey, he he fell a little further from the tree. <laughs> <laughs> and those are the guys I like. Yeah, I, um, I figured you're a Mikey guy. You're definitely the same personality. 
Slightly. Uh, slightly. slightly. To, to a certain extent. Yeah. Mikey sprinkling a little bit of Ralph. That, there you go. There you go. Yeah. I like that. But, I mean, then, that's usually how it goes. But with the movie, with this one, it was just, it was good. The plot was solid, if not done before. My thing was, and I'm going to sound like an old-ass boomer when it comes to this. It was so fucking Gen Z, I could barely connect. It mm. was, and I know the whole idea of the movie was, and even Seth Rogen came out, because this is his movie. Yeah. Before it even came out, he said, this is the Turtles being teenagers. Like We're actually going to portray them like today's teenagers, because they're Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay, I'm all about that. But I forgot that teenagers today are the worst. So half the shit they were saying, I was literally sitting there, and my kids are going crazy, because they understand all of it. That's a TikTok <laughs> generation. So Sully's looking at me like, oh, God, did you see that, Daddy? He shook his butt and he said some fucking phrase you get from TikTok. And I was like, uh, uh, okay. And they're doing like little booty shakes and stuff. The same thing my kids do. So it made a connection with them. That was their target audience, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, I'm like, okay. I, I, I'm guessing that's over my head because I'm old as fuck now, but half the fucking dialogue I couldn't even understand because it was just so Gen Z. It was hey, so man. young. So that's they all. they got their target audience, but oh yeah, for like the nostalgic nostalgic guys like us, it just we grew up watching that. It, yeah, uh, and I can't say more without spoiling plot and stuff. But there are certain character things that I was like, okay, I guess if we're doing multiple movies, I get it. But like that's kind of shitty though, is we always have to expect a second movie for the yeah. first movie's plot to make sense. And the sequel is never as good as the first, though. It never, I mean, other than Spider-Man, of course. But that's the rare exception. But that's my thing is, like, even the first animated Spider mo- uh, Spider-Man movie, mm-hmm. by itself, that plot was amazing. The second movie just built on it and made it even better. So, like, there wasn't an expectation that there needed to be a sequel for the first mm-hmm. movie to be good. This is one movie where I'm like, the movie was good. But it's probably not going to look great until you see the second movie and see how it plays into it. You see, you know what I mean? Yep. Like yep. it has to be the the sequel or the trilogy or the mm-hmm. four movies or if you're like Fast and the Furious, it has to be thirty five fucking movies. Like it, it what happened to just being a one good movie? Just one. Man, that shit is extinct now. Like, it really feels to, like it. You don't know how to shut the book. Right. Like the tell a story lady. and be good. That's it. Right. Yeah, I, yeah. I just. That drives guy me wakes up. Insane. Guy runs into problems. He overcomes his problems. He gets Roll the girl. Credits. There you go. <laughs> right. Like, what happened to that? You know. So that just man. It was like I said. Don't get me wrong. It was a good. It was a good movie. I, I did enjoy it. I think my my expectations were just a little too high, and I'm definitely a little too old for the demographic they're aiming for. But other than that, everybody fucking had a good time. Gotta love a good movie, man. Hey, at least you found some joy in watching it because hey. still Ninja Turtles at the end of the day. Absolutely. It's a little different, but yeah. and it's still better than the Michael Bay Ninja Turtles, I'll put it that way, because that shit was unforgivable. And I don't know if you've oh, ever I'm... seen those, but if you haven't, you are lucky. I haven't, but I heard of them. Dude, it was a uh, horrible. Was it on Netflix? I think it was on Netflix. They they usually rotated in on Netflix. It's yeah. the live action CGI shit where mm-hmm. the turtles look like they're fucking 300 pound muscle freaks i'm like what happened to the teenage and the ninja part like they're <laughs> all heavy footed and shit like what the fuck how are you secret how are you <laughs> on the slick like that like 
I, that drove me insane. That's, oh my god. That's just me. But I digress. <laughs> anyway, we can start the music now, and then we can get into the show. One, two, three. Welcome back to the Bank Bro Show, everybody. As always, I'm your boy Siege. That's your boy Ryan. Mm. 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 And we're back like we never left. This is always another week in the books here. A little bit of sports going on. Not as much as last week, but we do have plenty to talk about. However, before we get into any of that, I wanted to pick your brain a little bit. Mm-hmm. If you don't mind, sir. Come on. Now, when it comes down to it, we have I have mentioned in the past on this show that I am on a weight loss journey, if you will. I am on a a spiritual quest to be my best self by the time I turn 40. And mm. you abruptly brought up that my birthday's coming up, so time is ticking. But my God, I still got some time. At least a couple years where I really am trying to hammer this point home of being healthy and fit by 40. So... In the meantime, since I've talked about that, since I've started my journey, it's been going very well. You know, between the working out, the consistency, the fasting, the eating better, the being more active and getting off my ass, I am officially down 24 pounds so far. And that's mm-hmm. been three months. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate it. That being said, I wanted to first pick your brain about gym etiquette. Now, <laughs> and I bring this up because I am still a rookie when it comes to the gym. You know, I have a very, a, a developing workout plan, if you will, where I kind of go to the gym and I have a, a skeletal idea of what I want to do, but it kind of just ebbs and flows. It depends on how I'm feeling and who's on what machine, that kind of thing. I want to know for your gym etiquette. First, I want to know some tips for just being a good gym bro, number one. <laughs> And number two, is it weird that I don't want anyone to talk to me when I go to the gym? (laughs) (laughs) I'm learning this about myself, and I'm Uh, like, am I in the wrong, or is that like a normal gym habit where I don't want anyone saying shit to me? I'll address that second question first. Please go. Are you wrong? Absolutely not. (laughs) Some people go in the gym. They know what they want to do. Right. They want to attack their objectives head on and not be bothered. That's cool. Some people yeah. want to go in the gym, work out, do a set, socialize, go back, finish their set, come back, socialize some more. Some guys are like that. Yeah. That's cool, too. Whichever lane you fall in, just stay in your lane. And just don't don't bother people if you don't want to be bothered. And people who like talking to people, just know who doesn't want to be talked to. Know who has the <laughs> headphones on. Don't fucking talk to them. Right. Because they're probably thinking about a million other things, and you're not one of them. Absolutely not. Yes. So For damn you are sure. not wrong at all, my brother. Okay, good, because that's been happening lately to me. Like, when I first started, everything was cool. And again, I get up at 6 a.m. and go right to the gym. So, it's you know, by the time I'm getting ready to do it, it's like 6.30. Only a couple dudes in the gym. And they're mostly like, I don't know, 60, Mm -hmm. 65-year-olds. So, whatever, fine. Hey, get your fitness goals off. Do what you got to do. We're all in the same boat. Here we go. However, lately, they've been noticing that I'm the same dude coming in every single time. And they're getting a little comfortable. And I'm not a fan of the comfort because I'll walk in. And like you said, I am very dialed in on yep. what I want to do. Getting that mind space of like, I got to attack this fucking work, this fucking workout. 
And it's not like they're saying much, but it's mostly like a good morning, which, mm, okay, throw me off a little bit, but fine. Now <laughs> it's turning into like an actual way. So I'll have the earbuds in and shit, and I'll be like tunnel vision. And this dude will walk like from a machine going back to the locker room. So we're, we're crossing paths mm-hmm. and he'll make sure he like waves his hand in front of me just to say hi. And I'm like, bro, like, hi, like, fuck <laughs> off, dude. Like, why are you talking? I mean, we're not, we're not cool. We're not friends. I don't know your name. I just recognize you as an old dude who comes to the gym every single fucking day. So, like, that doesn't mean that we're homies. So, don't say hi to me. I feel like it makes me a jerk to say that, but I'm because it's so it's simple. But I'm just like nothing about my face at six thirty in the morning says I'm willing to talk to you and have some conversation. Like, this is not the happy face at six thirty. It's I, I'm very straight faced. So I don't get why people think I'm friendly at six thirty in the morning because. I guarantee you, you're wrong. I haven't even had coffee yet, bro. So yeah, I was about to say that. He didn't get his coffee yet. <laughs> no coffee. I am uncaffeinated going to the gym. I'm the last dude you want to talk to without some Java in my veins, bro. So, okay. I'm just, I'm glad that I'm not in the wrong on that one because I felt kind of bad, but I was like, dude, fuck dudes, man. I don't give a shit. But as for my first question, yes, just I want to know some of your gym etiquette. Just tips for a rookie gym rat like myself. And making sure I'm not fucking things up too bad. Um, when you say gym etiquette, do you mean like um how you leave your equipment or all of it? Yeah, all just of it? tips for a rookie. Yeah, all of it, man. Number one, never ego lift. So what I, what I mean by that is know what you can lift and know what you can't lift. Mm. Um, just because you see some guy benching with plates on the on the bar doesn't mean you right. should bench with plates on the bar. You know what I mean? <laughs> know what you can do. Humble yourself because at the end of the day, no one is really watching you but yourself. Right, right. You no, know, people are in the gym for their own personal gains and for their own personal reasons and progress. So they're focused on themselves, you know, and they're not so focused on you. I know when I first started working out, um, that was one of the things that kind of set me back. Uh, like mm. I, I kind of ego lifted um, just because I can get the bar up and the weight up doesn't mean I should be lifting it because it's not effectively working the muscles I want to work. You know what I mean? Gotcha. And the goal to to gaining muscle becoming healthier becoming stronger is to work the target excuse me work the target muscle as much as possible yeah so that's why i always recommend newbies to to drop the weight drop the ego um control the weight and make sure you're hitting the muscles that you want to hit and an easy indicator of um knowing if you're doing that correctly or not is if you're waking up either the next morning or the morning afterwards sore Oh, yeah. <laughs> and if you are, you're hitting them correctly. Um, a little bit of soreness is good. Too much right. soreness can be bad. Absolutely. So just kind of know where where to kind of manage your pain, I guess, so to say. That's um, good. That's, so that's number one. Drop the ego. Drop the weight. I like it. Um, number two, very simple. Um, if you ever put your ass on anything, wipe it. <laughs> very that's simple. a good one. Yeah. Um. Hands and eh, not so much because sometimes you're on a pull-up bar, kind of hard to wipe it up there. No one really cares. <laughs> um, That'd be funny. You know, uh, dumbbells maybe here and there, but no one really cares about dumbbells anyway. But if you put your ass on something, if your balls come in contact with the seat, with the weight bar, yes. something, please wipe <laughs> it. Because I've been hearing about people spreading all types of diseases through that. Because our, you know how like sometimes women don't wear undergarment underneath their tights. Of course. You can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. So, no please said. wipe after yourself. <laughs> yes, please. Um, and number three, uh, 
two things for number three, but they kind of go hand in hand. Sure. Um, you want to find out what structured routine works best for you and you want to stay consistent to it. Mm. Um, so whatever workout routine that you're on right now that you, you've been able to stay consistent with for how many ever weeks is, yeah. Um, stick to it. Yeah. Um, there's going to come a point in time where you're going to notice kind of like a flat line in your progress. Right. And that's when you should switch it up a little bit, up the intensity, up the weight, um, maybe switch the days, do anything to try to just jolt and confuse your muscles. Gotcha. Um, so if you don't mind me asking you, what kind of like workout routine are you on right now? So I actually had my brother-in-law start this idea for me months ago that I've been sticking to. So what I've been doing and the the crazy thing is like it is so hard to come up with a routine that is like effective without getting bogged down in all the oceans and oceans of bloggers and social media mavens and tiktokers trying to tell you that everything you're doing is wrong and this technique yeah. is correct and all this shit mm-hmm. so knowing my brother-in-law who is an inspiration because he is somebody who i have watched his body develop from like a skinny beanpole to a that man could probably play the NFL right now. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. So I had him develop a plan for me. What I do is just mm-hmm. 10 minutes of, of treadmill to start. Just the mm-hmm. easy cardio. Just get the mm-hmm. muscles warmed up. Then mostly it's a rotation. And a lot of what I'm doing is just upper body and gut. Just because I know I have, I have strong legs. I don't mm-hmm. do a lot of leg day. I, I kind of am in the point of like, let's reduce weight and fat for now until I get a little more a little stronger and then kind of make the more robust workout routine. So a lot of what I'm Mm. doing now is, you know, bench press, chest fly, barbells, you know, tricep pulls, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, That's usually what I stick to anything Mm. more than that. Like if I do heavy cardio, I'm dying. If I do Mm. like really hard on the weights and like try to do, like you said, the ego lifting and shit is what I started doing at the beginning. That shit sucked too. So just that rotation of trying to hit the shoulders, the chest, and just I want these tits to be gone. That's my <laughs> biggest care. I don't even care about the gut as much, but the tits have to go. <laughs> they have to go. Because every polo I wear, every t-shirt is like, I wear a backpack, and the straps go here, and it pushes my shit together. So I look like I'm fucking ready to motorboat shit. I'm done with the tits. <laughs> so that is my number one goal, and then working my way down from there. So, mm. I mean, that's usually what I'm sticking to, yeah. Um, so do you, so mainly your focus is, uh, you put a lot of focus on like the pushing muscles. Exactly. So, oh, okay. 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 So do you, so I assume you do hit back. You do hit your back. Like yeah. You do, yeah. Yeah. The, the overhands and like the, uh, mm-hmm. I, forget what, I don't know all the technical names and shit, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yes. Lat pull down. Lat pull. That's thing. Yeah. That's the one. Lat pull downs. Um, do you have, you have like a specific day for back and a specific day for legs? I usually do like, so I, I work out. Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and then Saturday mornings, like mm-hmm. at home. So uh-huh. Mondays, Wednesdays are usually my like upper body, you know, chest, upper body, arms, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And then okay. Friday, I usually stick for leg day. Saturday, going back to just like light cardio and like kettlebell kind of stuff. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, I would, I would recommend one thing. Yeah, please. Uh, I would recommend taking legs maybe a little more seriously. Mm, okay. Um, because from from my personal experience. Um, the legs are a large group of muscles, right? Which normally makes them the strongest group of muscles that we have. Mm. And like you said, you said, I know I have strong ass legs. I've always had strong legs. (laughs) 
But you're when right. You, when your legs get stimulus, um, like out of all the muscle regions in your body, the legs will generate the most testosterone. Oh. Because it's such, it's so much, you know, mass and yeah. muscle compared to the rest of the body. Um, so I don't know how you do your legs now, but I definitely recommend like at least some form of a squat, whether if it's a, a leg oh, yeah. press, yep. uh, you know, like some form of that. Um, and some, some, some type of movement that you could progressively overload and get stronger with over time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, legs, men that don't take legs seriously <laughs> have no idea what they're doing. And That's they just true. want to take pictures on Instagram. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you want a nice yeah. balanced physique, train your legs. Cause when you train your legs, your upper body will benefit from that too. Cause like I said, your body's releasing more testosterone, more muscle protein synthesis going on in your muscles. Ooh. So when you already trained your upper body on Monday or Wednesday, and you're coming back to train your legs on Friday, your upper body is still recovering. Right. right? So you're, as your body's releasing that testosterone, that muscle protein synthesis, as that's happening, that's not just happening to your legs. That's also happening to your upper body. Mm. Okay. That's fair. So, so I definitely recommend training legs more and legs burns the most calories out of all muscle groups. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> um, and if you're definitely trying to drop weight, I definitely hit legs. Um, yeah. But other than that, man, I think you're doing perfect for a beginner. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. It feels just, good. As long as you're consistent, that's the biggest thing. Consistency. That's right. it. You that was always that. my biggest problem before when I try. I, I thought a lot of start and stop diets and trying to work out. I talked about going to the YMCA and all that stuff before. And yeah, just the consistency part I knew was my biggest fucking weakness. Trying that. And yeah, getting up at 6 a.m. sucks. But you know what? Like I'm getting used to it now. So it's just it's becoming a habit. Where it's not becoming a big deal, it's just it's part of my daily routine now. So yes, I will definitely take leg day more seriously. And I'm glad you mentioned like dropping weight and dropping fat because I, I mentioned to you before like it's it is hard for a beginner like me to not put as much stock into the number on the scale. Absolutely. So dropping all you know these pounds looks great, but this last week you know I weighed and I gained two pounds. And my head was like spiraling. I'm like, how? Like, I fast like three days a week. Like, how am mm -hmm. I fucking doing that? And the more research I did and talking to my wife and talking to you and like just all that was like, how do you not get discouraged? Even though I, it could be a matter of like, hey, I could have been bloated on Monday. Yeah. I could have been, you know, it could have been water. Yeah. It could have been, I'm getting muscle. There's so much. Maybe how you didn't take a shit yet. I don't know. Very true, you know, which yeah. I rarely do at six in the morning. So, like, how, what would I would say? What would be your advice for not just me, for like anybody mm -hmm. who sees that that number even tick up a little bit, yeah. like, and not getting discouraged? Um, <clears throat> you see, I honestly struggle with the same problem. Mm, that's good. I'm learning how to get over it myself, but yeah, I have the opposite problem, right? Because I'm trying to put on weight. Right, right, right. When I see that weight drop, I'm like, what the fuck? I just ate fucking, you know what I mean? Like, fuck, I had four steaks, fucking all four the potatoes. That I, like, what the fuck? Man? I just, I dropped two pounds? What the fuck? But, you know, I always tell people, um, weight normally fluctuates. So I would say, give or take four, four to five pounds. Yeah. Is how much your weight should fluctuate. Um, so as, like, it's, it's easier said than done. That's very true. It's, it's all easier said than done. <laughs> But only weigh yourself one day a week. Yep. For here, from here on out. So if you only weigh yeah. yourself on Mondays, it's only Mondays. Mondays. Okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So weigh yourself every other Monday. That's usually what I do. It's it's. Oh, really? Two weeks in between. Yeah. Oh, okay. And that's, that's what was so eye opening. But I knew, like, for myself, it was like when I 
when I weighed this past Monday, I was like, okay, think about the last two weeks. You were on vacation. You know, you weren't like working out that much. You weren't, you were not fasting as much as you normally do. Kind of yeah. getting a little lazier on the eating and shit. So I was like, uh, was that vacation siege's weight or is that consistent siege's weight? And I feel that was more vacation. Like I mm-hmm. even weighed myself as like on a whim today to see if it might have been a water thing. And I was back down five pounds. So I was like, okay, clearly I'm fucking freaking out over nothing. <laughs> yeah. Just stay the course, you know? Yeah. Honestly, that, that's it. <clears throat> Just stay the course. Um, if you're consistent, all right. So if you're consistently weighing in between whatever you're at right now, yeah. Um, for I don't know the next month. Sure. I would look at that as a win because before this, you were consistently weighing in at something else higher. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know. So stop looking at where. Try to stop looking at where you are right now and look at how far you've come. Yeah. Which actually which makes me. It's hard. It makes me smile very, very hard. Yes. Yeah, and it's. It's easier said than done. Um, That's true. Like I said, I I just started consistently weighing in at 161, 162. So over 160 for the first time in my life. Wow. And so I'm like happy as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, because before I was weighing in at like fucking 158, 157 consistently. (laughs) I would sometimes be at 160. So it's like, man, I feel your pain. Um, And that's one thing that's really helped me. You know, stop looking at where I'm at now. Look at how far I've come. Give myself some grace because I worked hard. And I know I worked hard. Um, and it's, it's, it's so, so easy to be so critical of yourself, right? Ooh, preach. It really um, is. And so we need to be the ones to give ourselves grace because no one else is going to give us that grace. That's right. No, no, no one in the world, no, the real world. We know how that shit is. We know how that right. shit is. Absolutely. No one's, no one's going to fucking pity us. No one's going to fucking care. No one gives God, a shit. No. Nope. So we got to do that for ourselves. And part Absolutely. of that is empowering ourselves. And so. You can slowly twist those negative narratives into positive narratives and positive reinforcements. Yeah. You'll be a-okay. I like that. I like that a lot, actually. And it's funny you bring up before, like, trying not to compare yourself to others. And I know there's still a part of my brain that, like, glances over uh, the next dude, you know, the dude who's in the gym, who has no business being in the gym because he's already fucking ripped to shit. And it's like, (laughs) I get that those people are just trying to maintain muscles, too. But, like, watching their workouts... And just going back to yourself, going like, I am a beginner. I'm a rookie. It's okay to be a rookie. He Mm -hmm. started as a rookie, too. So Mm -hmm. stop comparing yourself. That's Mm -hmm. a constant struggle for me, is not comparing my workouts and what I can and can't do versus the guy next to me. So it's that's a fucking battle. That's a chess game. Yeah. No, it definitely is. Um, You know, it's it's okay to look at other people and be in awe of them. Yeah, it's never racial. compare that shit to yourself because when you compare that shit to yourself, that's when it fucks you up psych- psychologically. Man, man, um, man. There's that's still sometimes I look over and I see a dude. I'm like, damn, he looks really good. Oh yeah, and that's the you know, thing like, is, no I, it's homo, more yeah. envious. You know, like yeah. I want to look like your goals. I want to look like this guy. Yeah. At the end of you know my two years, I want to come back and be like, hey, you were an inspiration, just body type wise. Like Hell that's yeah. why I visualize. You know, alpha siege looking like that's yeah. that's what I want. You know, so yeah, yeah, I feel that. I feel you, man. I always said like my dream type of body would be like a Giannis. Oh my god! Well, I think you need to, you know, oh no, no, maybe look, another giant foot and me, a half. Let, <laughs> let me explain that shit a little. So we have kind of the same frame. I got you. You know, like yeah, lean, really lean, but like also weirdly athletic yeah but like absolutely. when you, you you play stronger than what you really are you know what i mean right 
Absolutely. And the way he's been able to put on muscle, granted, he has a fucking Woo! pro staff. Yeah, yeah it kind of helps. <laughs> but the way he's been able to put on muscle at his frame looks really it's, good. Like, he's not too big. Insane. He's not too small. It's kind of how I want to be. Right. Oh, right here, you should put, like, a picture of his before and after. With oh, my God. Giannis and yeah. Giannis today, it's insane. His body yeah. transformation is nuts. Yes. The shoulders. Crazy. The, oh, my God. Yeah. Just his fucking arms are just like, oh, my God. He went from string bean to fucking full KFC, motherfucker. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. To Wakanda. Literally, yes. <laughs> he could be the Black Panther. That's the way. Yeah. That's the transformation he's done. So. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I feel that. So, yeah. I think having body goals is definitely fucking important. It's definitely helped me out just to visualize it. And yeah. I know what I want to look like. Like I said, I'm not trying to. I am trying to lose fat more than mm-hmm. weight. So it's not so much about the the number on the scale as much as it's an indicator. I just want to look better in my clothes. The fact that I feel better than my clothes are loose with the size I am at this point, and that the belt loops are you know starting to tighten, like that to me are the wins I'm I'm chasing, mm-hmm. and, and that's what really feels good. So like I, I put on a shirt a couple of days ago, and I went to Rach and I was like, look at this shirt. And it's from a fucking game show that is probably before your time called Legends of the Hidden Temple, which is on Nickelodeon. One of my favorite fucking games oh, of man. all time. I <laughs> think I know what you're talking about. You, you Legends might. of the Hidden Temple. They used to get slimed? Uh, no, not on that no, show. Same that. channel. This was yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. six teams of two teenagers who had to go through physical challenges and trivia. They had to listen to a story. And then answer questions. And then it got them to a physical challenge, which they would head off, you know, two teams. And the final team would have to go into this giant fucking temple. And the temple was full of, like, like Indiana Jones, like traps and fucking tribal warriors. And they had, like, three minutes to, like, find a certain treasure inside the temple. Look it up. It was the damnedest thing. And I was watching it religiously. I will watch it to this day. That's a fun drinking game to bet on one of those teams. And... Fucking get wasted. So, long story short, when I first met Ray, she bought me one of the shirts from the Silver Snakes, my favorite team on that show. I haven't been able to fit that shirt since maybe a year into our relationship. I put that shit on two days ago, and it fit great. And I looked at her, I was mm. like, that's a win. That's a fucking win. My that's gut a big hang up that shirt. Big so, W. You so, yeah, I'm, she I'm bought my a small win? wins. I think maybe we were a year into our relationship. Damn. Yeah. That shit fits nicely now, too. So... A win is a win, man. Hell yeah. Keep grabbing them dubs. <laughs> Keep stacking them dubs. Keep eating them dubs like Jameis. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Long story over all just, again, good gym etiquette. Don't compare yourself to others. The The number on the scale isn't the be-all, end-all. And one side note to the people, again, who go to my gym who are old as shit, stop clanging and banging. I, I can't stand it. These dudes are the loudest motherfuckers in the gym. It's six thirty in the morning. Why y'all? I'm like, serious? Like for real? It's that serious? I hate like, people who sounds, do that. They're gonna break the fucking machine. Like, don't do, don't be that guy. They're just, they're just trying to be. They're trying to come off as strong, but really, right. you come off as weak because the whole point of that is to not let the weights crash onto each other right. because you're controlling. It. <laughs> exactly i even know that so i'm like i shouldn't be coming in you fucking clanging the fucking weights bro and grunting all loud like yeah. you want to shit yourself dude like no dude. i'd rather i'll respect somebody more if they drop the weight and they 
control of that shit for the whole 10 or 12 or whatever how many other reps they do right then fucking slamming a they put the needle all the way at the bottom they just fucking (laughs) (laughs) that's literally what it is i just kind of look like dude it's just you and i in here who are you doing that for yeah ain't no bitch ain't no bitch no (laughs) none that's dudes only so like i I don't know this ain't any type of fitness bro i don't know what you're doing that for so (laughs) it sure ain't for me because i ain't impressed (laughs) Wow. Well, anyway, we can pivot to some actual sports now. And a couple things I wanted to bring up. Overall, we're back again. We are full speed ahead to the football season. It's an amazing time of my life. Our, our fantasy football league, the Vault League, is now in effect. And get ready for some good old-fashioned shit-talking coming onto our page. So mm. that we're going to be bringing our audience and our fan base along for the ride to see who will be champion this year is Crystal gonna get the three peat as one of us, your boys, but to bring the title back home. We'll see. Maybe a newcomer. We got a couple of rookies in the league as well. Fun for everybody, different kind of levels, but plenty of competition heading your way. So stay tuned for that, folks. Mm. In the meantime, we are marching toward the preseason. And one thing I want to bring up as a quick note: my Chicago Bears play this Saturday. Hey, against the Titans, and they announced today we are playing the starters, bro. Justin Fields I seen takes that. the field this Saturday. I seen Hell, that. Hell yeah. And I just want to say thank you, Ryan Poles. Thank you, Matt Eberflus, because that is the right fucking call. The Bears won three games last year. We need all the fucking reps. And I'm not saying play the whole fucking game, because that'd be silly. But there's no reason Fields shouldn't at least get a quarter. Play a fucking quarter. Mm-hmm. Fine. Play 10 drives. I don't give a shit. But get him the reps. Get the whole offense, reps, the defense, the reps. We need it. I don't care if it's a nothing game. That's mm-hmm. a great idea. No, I, I like the idea. I've never been a fan of sitting starters in the preseason. They should no. at least play two to three drives, at least. I understand yes. you're trying to protect your investments, especially the quarterback position. I get that. Sure. But like you said, if you're the Bears who won fucking three games last year um, and you're not trying to play your starters in the preseason, what message are you sending to your fans? Oh, right. our starters are good enough to win four games, so we're not going to play them. We're going to play our backups, who we know probably shouldn't be on any of these teams because they're sitting behind a group of guys who won four games last year. I mean, three games Thank last. you. Thank you. So, yeah, play your guys. Don't shortchange the fans. Don't shortchange the players. Right. Play your starters at least for a few drives. Absolutely. People forget this is football. So yes. the whole protect your investment thing, are you saying he's soft? Are you saying he's paper mache? Is he made out of glass? No, he's an NFL quarterback with mm-hmm. a lot of high hopes and a very big fucking ceiling. Get the man some fucking reps. Because guess what we didn't do two years ago when Fields finally got to the fucking team? We let him sit the whole fucking time. Like, dude. And then and sit behind who? Your- Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton. So, like, <laughs> yeah, you see what happened after that. So... I'm just all aboard the fucking hype train when it comes to that. Again, not going crazy. I know it's not our year this year, but if we want to see what Fields really has, this is a very good first step. Yeah, and I think think he's going to ball out. I Um, think so, too. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes in the first drive. I would not be surprised if he goes three for three for like 40 yards and runs for a touchdown. Cool with me. That looks good. Just get the offense humming, dude, and then have him set. It's fine. Yeah. That's, That's cool. the way it should be. 
Yeah, just get them to fucking score points. Right. Because all you That's want okay. to do in the preseason is build continuity, build confidence. That's Absolutely. all you're doing. The That's wins it. and losses really doesn't matter. No, it's the execution. That's, Let's show exactly. that we can actually be a decent offense. Yeah. Starters, can you guys execute? And we're going to see which backups we're going to keep. That's and we're right. going to see which backups don't belong. That's all it is. That's all it is. That's all it has to be. So yeah. that's all. That made me very fucking happy. I was just going to piggyback off you for just a little bit. Please Not do. speaking about preseason, but more so uh, these joint practices. Oh, yeah. And my God, do the Lions look good. I mean, <laughs> we've been shredding the Giants. Good nice. God. Uh, Marvin Jones out there snagging on Amani Aruwarie, who used to play for us. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Sorry, Marvin bro. Jones was snagging on his ass, and Jameer Gibbs is burning whoever the fuck tried to guard him. But mm. it's Jameer Gibbs, so of course he's fast as shit. The Gibbs hype is starting to get pretty hot. I'm not gonna lie. And I was just gonna say that. <laughs> I might have to apologize. I might have to because. Oh. David Montgomery got his shit took. I, um, <laughs> I told you that was going to no, happen. <laughs> well, like, literally, like, in practice, he got the ball ripped from him. Yeah. And so, uh, after I saw that, I'm like, um, yeah, how about we just see what Gibbs has? <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> or, uh, give him uh, 50 snaps a game. How about that? Right. We can play my receiver, play my running back, whatever. That's the thing about Gibbs, and I, I mentioned this in the past, I think, for our draft episodes, and I said, I've seen Montgomery. We've seen him for years now. I know what he brings to the table, and yes, yards after catch, yes, broken tackles, sure, Montgomery's a great player, but Gibbs is somebody I think could be a bell cow, and I know no one does a bell mm -hmm. cow thing anymore, but Gibbs has that talent that yeah. would relegate Montgomery to a change of pace, which I don't think Montgomery yes. even knew he was signing up for that, and I don't no. think he knew they were drafting Gibbs at the time when he got signed, but like, Demo, I'm sorry, bro, you're not going to be the guy in Detroit, and it's no. not going to take long. It's not going to um, take long. Uh, Gibbs is like you said, he has three down potential. Yeah. He can catch. Well, All he has to show you now is if he can run between the tackles consistently. That's yep, it. That's if it. If he can show you that in the preseason, oh, it's done for. We might trade Montgomery. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the practice, bro. <laughs> but like you said, I like Montgomery because he is good. He he's a good short yardage back. Yeah. I like the power he runs with. Absolutely. Um I just know that his ceiling isn't the highest. It's not his ceiling isn't the highest, and his floor also is isn't the lowest. You know what I mean? No, it's, he's just stuck in that mediocre right range. You know, that, yeah. that that 78 to 81 overall in Madden type player, you know? Exactly. Which is fine if he's like yeah. the change of pace guy, but you don't want that for your lead. Like, no. Gibbs no. Is, a, is somebody who could be a game changer. So Potentially, yeah. Potentially. I, again, not, I'm getting ahead of myself and that's your team and everything, but I'm not surprised to hear that because I know Montgomery. I know what you know he very can well. do and what he can't do. You know, he's he's like Jordan Howard's brother. Pretty much. Yeah. Jordan Howard's the same thing. He was a like a thousand yard rusher, but like he wasn't he was never elite. He was never in that conversation of above average. Never it super was just, like efficient. He's all we had, you know? Yeah, that was it. You know, the Bears have always been a running team anyway. So like someone like a Jordan Howard would be as successful as someone like a Matt Forte. But Matt Forte was so much flashier. Forte was a Forte beast. was a dog. <laughs> he was a total dog. So Forte, I, that was a three I down back. Forte, absolutely, and he could catch. Forte could do it all. Yeah. So he was fantasy I, gold. At all. Yes, absolutely, he was. So that's the same cookie cutter thing. Where like with the Bears, yeah, if you're a running back in the Bears, you're probably going to do pretty well. But 
not elite. So no. Montgomery is another one of those long line of running backs who just, eh, he does some things well, he does some things pretty shitty. I'm not surprised that Gibbs is going to be the guy the man, pretty yeah. soon here. Yeah. Yeah. Now, speaking of running backs, <laughs> transitioning over to our favorite sport, fantasy football. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You and I are going to give out some championship-level tips. Ooh. We are going to be ranking the top 10 running backs according to our own individual rankings, not ESPN, not DraftKings, whatever the fuck you're playing on, Yahoo, fuck all that. None of that. Real can. championship advice here, guys. Real championship <laughs> advice. So, CJ, I'm going to ask you first. We'll start okay. at 10. 10? Go Okay. <laughs> Who is number 10 on your running backs list this year? Okay. And I, I like that we're doing running backs because you and I talked about receivers as this topic. And there's just so many fucking good receivers that, honestly, a top 10 is hearsay. Cousins. Like, it's so convoluted. You could pick a lot of the 10, and they're all yeah. going to be really good. It's a yeah. deep-ass class. So running backs, especially if you've been living under a rock, Ooh. running back positions right now are, are in trouble. The running backs in general in the NFL – have been unhappy with their contracts. They've been unhappy with the money, unhappy with the opportunities. They feel that like they're a dime a dozen. So trying to find a great fantasy running back in this day and age when we don't really know the future of running backs and how they're going to look in a couple of years from now or where they're going to be moved to or what running backs are going to get traded, this could be a little dicey, especially this year. There are a few people on my list who are kind of in flux when it comes to mm -hmm. if they're even going to play for the teams that they're currently signed to. Yes. So when I get to those people, I will make that caveat and say, this is if they stay. However, number 10 might be a little surprising for some people on my list. Hmm. My number 10 pick is Travis Etienne on the Jacksonville Jags. Spicy now, reasons, I, reasons. The reasons. Here's the thing about Etienne. He's a damn good running back. Now with Jacksonville last year is a little different. He didn't have the most efficient season. There's a little bit of, you know, he missed his whole rookie campaign. So let's start mm -hmm. there. So mm -hmm. the injuries, they're already a question mark. However, he had about five yards to carry. He was like seven yards a target. So the man mm -hmm. can run, the man can catch. Yeah. Jacksonville, like we mentioned before in different episodes, Jacksonville is a team to watch. They are a dangerous team. They're getting Calvin Ridley back. Yes. That all, to me, screams, Oh, ATN is going to be a good benefactor. Because who are you keying in between Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk? Those are some nasty receivers right now. And then Evan Ingram. And Evan Ingram. So ATN could be a big person to make a big leap here. Yeah. Now, he was a feature back. He was, I think, about 14th, 15th in points per game ever since he came back. Uh, I believe that was week seven or so. Mm -hmm. The only. Yeah, mid-season, he came back, and he started doing really well. The only real knock in why ATN is only 10 for me is the touchdowns. He didn't have a lot of touchdowns. He had a lot of just screwy shit happen where he either got vultured or mm -hmm. Jacksonville coughed it up when he was marching, whatever. Yeah. But I believe he only had about five touchdowns. So mm. that's, the th that's really the only catch. I see that number definitely going up this year. Because Jacksonville is going to have more weapons, that's something I can see him actually really creeping up to the, maybe that top five spot. For mm. now, because of the, the lack of touchdowns last year, he's only a 10 for me. But if you do draft him, he's got elite potential. I actually agree with you. Um, he's not on my list, but that's he's right. someone I look at um, and think 
if I can get him for a good price, he has a exactly. ton of potential. He has Austin Eckler type production slash potential. Yes. So if he can stay healthy, that's my biggest thing with him. That's if he thing. can stay healthy, and number two, if he can stop fumbling. That's my other thing. Oh, yeah. Him. The fumbles <laughs> are a problem, too. If he so can stop again, doing those two things. Yeah. Man, he, I'm he telling you, he's going to be a top five. Top five mm-hmm. RB. If he just fixes a couple of those issues. That's a scary, scary dude. Yes. Who is your number 10, sir? My number 10 guy. Um, I feel like his name isn't too exciting. Uh, but at number 10, I have Najee Harris. Okay. Um, I feel like he could be a good, I don't want to call him a bounce back candidate, but where he was drafted from last year, he was yeah. going in like the top five, four, six yeah. last year. Oh, yeah. Uh, this year, he's going to like the second round, third round, that area. I think exactly. if you get him as an RB2, that's a fucking steal. Let me Woo-hoo. tell you what. Yeah. He's, he's been consistently rushing over 1,000 yards. Consistently scoring at least seven touchdowns a year on right. the ground. He's been shown to be a benefit or a factor in the receiving game. And so all of that comes down. I mean, all of that boils down to being a very safe pick. I know he's yeah. going to get the ball. I know um, his ceiling isn't the highest, but his floor is already set up pretty high because I know he's going to get the ball. And in fantasy, that's all that matters. Is that's he going right. to get the ball? He's going to get a lot of opportunity to score touchdowns through the air and through the ground. And so yes. that's why I got Najee Harris number 10. Um, I like that. It would be higher if he had more explosion. I just don't yeah. see the explosion in his game, you know? Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And it does go along with my sleeper QB pick, which was Kenny Pickett, which I believe mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett, George Pickens, and Najee Harris. I believe those three actually do all take a leap. Now, how much of a leap is one thing, but if if Pickett does well and does better than last year, Harris, I think, naturally is going to do better as well as two. So. Absolutely. I could I could absolutely see him being a top ten for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um like we said, just no explosion in this game like that. But yeah. yeah. But you know what? Again, with running backs, hey, you're hoping that they just can carry your team, but you want your receivers to actually fucking murder other people. So Yeah. As long that's as what the Harris made. Can, that's where that's the, money where the money's made. made. Yeah. As long as Harris can just pull his weight, you're gonna be in good shape. Oh yeah, definitely agree. Who is your number nine, sir? Oh, so we're going snake, so I'm going back to back. Yeah, we'll, we'll snake it. Real fantasy style. Number nine. Now, this guy is in a contract situation. <laughs> okay. Yeah, see, here uh, we go. With that bullshit. I've <laughs> always been a big fan of his game. He reminds me of a baby Marshawn Lynch. Okay. His name is Josh Jacobs. Okay. Okay. And I got him number nine because I have no idea if he's going to play. I have no idea where he's going to go. I don't know what's happening to him. He's not on the depth chart. Uh, nope. He's not even at camp. Yeah, so I'm kind of confused and concerned um, because Josh Jacobs is someone I really like. Yeah. I think he's shown the ability to improve in the passing game last year. I don't know how many catches he had. Yeah. Um, I don't want I don't want to look it up, but he had a lot of catches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he finished as like a top three running back, if I'm not mistaken. I believe you're right. The only reason why I have him at number nine is because I don't know what the fuck is going to happen to him. If he gets mm. traded to a team... Let's say the Commanders. Mm. Oh, he's that's a little different. He's top five. He's in my top five. If he gets traded to like the Commanders, uh, or I can't think of another team right now, but a team that could use a star running back that will put them over the top. Absolutely. Um, maybe the Rams, depending on what they want to do with Cam Akers, but Cam Akers looks pretty good. I think so. Uh, who knows? But I like his upside. Just don't know where he's gonna play. Right. What about you? And it's funny, one thing about Jacobs, now that I think about it, I don't think he's ever had a receiving touchdown before. <laughs> I think he's a pure runner. So that 
I can see why he's like a nine because it's like the receiving touchdowns just aren't there. So <laughs> if he gains that ability, yeah, he goes up a bit. But I really like that Washington idea. I think that's a damn good fit for the style of football they play. Yes. And the weapons they have on the outside with Terry, yes. Jahan Dotson, yep. uh, Brissett, I think, is a major upgrade over Garoppolo, in my opinion. Yeah, and I hope they're sticking with Brissett because I'm seeing a lot of Sam Howell news. Oh, please, no. Boy. Please, God, no. no. I don't the way, know if that's the move, bro. The way Brissett played with Cleveland last year, ain't no way, bro. Right. You got to go Brissett. Ain't no Much way, more experience. Bro. Please do not do that, man, like that. <laughs> well, for my number nine, and it's funny because my nine and my eight are interchangeable because of like we said contract dispute uh because josh jacobs actually is my number eight mm. and it's only if he stays in vegas if he goes somewhere else i think he slips to nine depending on where he ends up or he stays in eight if it's a good idea like washington so since so we hammered that one but i will go at nine for nine it's somebody who i do like as a player i think this is going to be the year where he gets to really show his stuff that is tony pollard mm. on the dallas cowboys and for the biggest reason he has always been second fiddle to Zeke Elliott. Now Zeke Elliott is gone. And Pollard is somebody who is ultra efficient. And he's only had to do the change of pace back stuff. We get that. But for what he has been able to do just as a change of pace is damn good. He was still like a top eight running back as a change of pace guy. Yes, so not even a full-time out, starter. Not even a full-time starter. So the change of pace duties for him made him so hyper-efficient that I think he's going to tear people up behind a really fucking... It's, the offensive line is still top-tier. It is. Same with about the fucking Cowboys. The offensive yeah. line has never been the problem, ever. So It's not as good as how it was before, but it's still no, one of the best. It's still one of the best. It's still a top unit. So yeah. putting Pollard, who I think has a little more twitch than Zeke did. Zeke was a more, more powered guy. I mean, Pollard, I think, is just suave and smooth as a runner but he's, he was 12th in yardage he had he was sixth in touchdowns so like eighth in fantasy points pollard is somebody who if you end up with him especially as like an rb2 oh yeah <laughs> eat all that shit up bro and just enjoy i think he's a top 10 guy i agree i have him higher on my list than you do yeah so and again, i would have him as eight if if josh Jacobs does not go to vegas Pollard's my number eight Mm, just, okay, but yeah, got yeah. you. I got him. I got him a little higher. I'll, I'll let. I'll yeah, let the we'll get play out. But I'm a big fan of Pollard. Love yes. the way he can catch the ball. Like you said, not even a full time starter, still cracked the top ten in fantasy. So that tells you a lot. Hell yeah, that's that's all I had to know about that. So mm -hmm. so yeah. Um, again, Josh Jacobs is my number eight. The reasons you already said were pretty much everything I had written down. And honestly, the biggest thing for me is receiving touchdowns are not there. So. If he gets an opportunity and he makes that skill a better part of what he's going to do, and if he stays in Vegas, I mean, he's the guy. There's nothing behind him to stop him from being a three-down back anyway. So he has always been somebody who is rock solid. He's always like, like a top 15 player every single year, even regardless of who's throwing him. And not having Derek Carr there anymore and having someone like Garoppolo, I think actually would benefit him because Garoppolo is very much a check-down guy anyway. So Jacobs, especially in a PPR league, could eat a lot if yes. he stays and is happy and plays the entire season. So, eight yes. for Josh Jacobs for me, but who is your number eight, sir? Number eight, I have rookie B. John Robinson. Ah, I knew he was coming. Number eight. Uh, I know um, most fantasy sites and gurus have him a lot higher than I do. Way too fucking high in my um, opinion, but sure. I think 
eight is even a little rich for me. I'm only having him eight because of his receiving upside. Bingo. Yes. And the Falcons are going to be trailing in a lot of these games. Oh, yeah. In shootouts. So what does that mean? They're going to be throwing the ball. Bijan is going to get a lot of these quick load dump downs that he's going to take for seven, eight, ten yards. Yep. Um, And he's talented out in space. So that's where he's really going to get his value. His value as a runner, maybe mm, top 15. Yeah, not what you really that. want out of your RB1. No. Um, but his receiving will definitely make up for it. Um, but I do like the upside. I'm That O-line is eh. Um, not the, great. The, the, the receiving, honestly, the whole offense is still unproven. Yeah, especially with a new quarterback. Yeah, and Desmond Ritter, I'm not the biggest fan of Ritter. Nobody um, is. I still like Pitts, but who I'm a big fan of is Drake London. Yeah, I do like London. Um, but yeah, Bijan at eight. Okay, that's fair. Now at number seven, I got Tony Pollard. Nice. Okay. Um, honestly, I view Tony Pollard as a low end RB one. Yes. If I get him as an RB one, I'm ecstatic. I don't give a right. damn. If I, if I can great. get, if I loop back and get, say I get a uh, Stefan Diggs and I loop back and I get Tony Pollard as my RB one. Oh. Happy as fuck with that. Beautiful. 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 Uh, like we said earlier, can run, can catch, touchdown machine, not yes. even a full-time starter. Sign me up. Boom. <laughs> um, number seven for me is Bijan Robinson. And <laughs> it's, it's everything you said about it. And I just want to put that fine point on it is for me, as talented as he is, and we all know the story. If you don't know the story, look up his fucking tape. That is a is a playmaker. Yes, especially out in space. Great hands, great speed, great power. Fantastic running back. He's going to do really well. However, it's the Desmond Ritter thing for me. Having a quarterback that's unproven, an offensive line that's shaky at best, and receiving weapons that uh, haven't really hit their stride yet. Yeah, all that all that screams to me is these defenses are going to key the fuck in on Bijan, especially if he tries going up the fucking middle. They are not going to respect anything Ritter brings to the table. And I'm going to see a lot of stuffed boxes for Bijan, maybe at least the beginning. Now, I can see Bijan hitting his stride later in the season and really getting comfortable. But I think that first, like, six or seven weeks, if Bijan's your number one running back, you might have some rough fantasy games. I don't think you're going to get the consistency you're looking for right away. But that being said, yeah, is is he capable of a top ten performance, even maybe a top five in the year? Sure. If everything goes well for Atlanta, absolutely. I think you need Kyle Pitts to really take the top off the shit and take the pressure off because all eyes are on Bijan right now. We kind of forgot about Kyle Pitts, to be quite honest with you, because last year, Pitts just wasn't the guy, but it wasn't really his fault. Yeah, Atlanta just yeah. fucking fell apart. Marcus Mariota yeah. had his head up his ass the entire time, so I get it. But with Ritter, that's a huge question mark, which in my opinion, for fantasy, makes Bijan a question mark. We'll see, though. Bijan yeah. has the talent to overcome it. But for now, for me, he's a seven. I just want to say this real quick. Yes, sir. If they start Taylor Heineke, Bijan immediately jumps up. I like that. I like that a lot. I've always been a fan of Heineke, and me I too. don't know why other coaches aren't. But yeah. I think he brings. He's got a little. He honestly reminds me of like a diet Johnny Manziel. Like it's just because <laughs> he's a he's a dick slinger. Like is he? He's not the flashiest guy. He's a he's a little dude. He's not even like a big dude at all. But yeah. like. The, the, the few moments of, like, joy I've seen from Taylor Heineke made me go, like, that's an NFL starter. Like, I thought Washington had something with Heineke. 
Yo, you remember that one playoff game they played against Green Bay, I think it was? Yes, yes. <laughs> and he was running for the first down, trucking people, taking hits. Yeah. I'm like, yo. If, I was like, this go, if this dude. If this ain't Ryan Fitzpatrick's son. Fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Fitz magic, man. man oh. I love me some Taylor Heineke. I love me some Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> <laughs> All the fucking Madden games we've played. Ryan oh, had to Fitz magic. Because that is a baller. I don't care what his record says. Fitzmagic <laughs> is the truth. The whole truth, nothing but the truth, bro. It was Fitzmagic. <laughs> no, it was Cam versus Manzo. Yep. And then it was Fitzmagic versus Stafford. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we had some um, stupid fucking games. But we got, I'm telling you, folks, it's coming back. The Madden shit is coming back. We, we are, are coming on back. It. It's getting there. Oh, my God. All right. Number six. Now, yes. For me. Now that we've gotten all those out of the way, and this is another caveat of if he stays, because I, I just don't know. He asked for a trade, and it hasn't happened, but now he's saying he might just come back and play. For me, it's Jonathan Taylor and the Indianapolis Colts. This is where we agree for the first time. Hey, all right. If he stays with Indy, he's still got that number one potential, but mm-hmm. Taylor is an absolute animal. When he is healthy and running behind that line, Taylor is fucking hard to stop. That man... Had a breakout 2021 season. Mm-hmm. He missed a few games last year, but he still had over a thousand yards. Yeah. He only had four touchdowns, though. So again, the touchdowns, I do want to see more from that. But he was still a top 20 player when it comes to points per game. I mean, the usage is the same. You don't have to do much to game plan for Taylor. He's gonna run it down your fucking throat. And for fantasy purposes, especially in Indy, with their quarterback situation, now they have a brand new quarterback with Anthony Richardson. I think Taylor staying there is good for his health, good for his career, and good for Indianapolis because he is going to still be the guy to really take the rock in that offense to another level. That's really about it. I I think with the rookie quarterback, I think you need Taylor to stay. I definitely agree. Um, I think no matter – no, let me take that back. (laughs) I believe if if this itch becomes true, you're going to fucking hate the NFL. Oh, man. I have an itch. He's going to get traded to the Chiefs. Please, God, no. Please. Can we not? Can we not? I'm sorry. I, know, but I, I get I think, it. But... I think the Chiefs can do it. And um, They've already got a championship. They got if two. He, if, oh. if he goes to the Chiefs, he immediately jumps up to number two for me. You're immediately. Um, <laughs> but if he stays on the Colts, I think number six is right where he should be. I agree. Um, Coming off of last season, of course, he's going to have some red flags. But in my opinion, he's in a better situation this year because he has a quarterback that is actually a little feared, right? There's some yeah. there's some fear going up against Anthony Richardson. When you're going against Matt Ryan at this juncture of his career, come on. Nobody give a damn. Nobody cares about Matt Ryan, bro. He's a, Matty, fuck, he's a statue in the pocket. He, Matty is, Ice is long gone, dude. Weak arm. Nobody gives us the give right. shit. So JT having a bad year. Who didn't see that coming? I, yeah. That was so, rough. And him being the first player taking a fantasy, it was all set up for him to just go downhill. Yeah, that was fucking... I didn't get that myself, but it happened in a lot of fucking leagues. And yeah, you paid the price. (laughs) Yeah, rip. Um, But yeah, Yeah, yeah. JTS 6, if he stays, if he plays. If he plays. I think that's a good spot for him. Yeah, yeah. Now number five. Cinco. I have old reliable, Mm. Mr. Consistent, Mm. can never do no wrong. King Henry. Okay, okay. Derrick Henry. I like it. Touchdown machine. Um, honestly, might be the most feared rusher on this list. 
I honestly believe he is. That guy's yeah. a fucking beast. Yeah, 6'3", 240. Uh, I'm good. Just fucking Bo Diesel. Just jacked yeah. to hell. How, how are you that big and still have a 92 speed in Madden? I don't understand. Right. <laughs> right. He's a physical freak, dude. He had 92 speed and 99 stiff arm in Madden. He's like, what the still fuck? outruns like entire defenses. I don't understand it. He's a scientific marvel. Yeah. No, he's what Calvin Johnson was at the receiver position. He's that at the running back position. Boom. Just physically dominating. And just based off that fact alone, he's scoring 10 touchdowns a year. Man. So, um, just based off that alone, he cracks my top five. Anytime you get a running back that's consistently over 1,200 yards, double-digit touchdowns, top five, easy RB1. I don't know why he's dropping in these drafts. I don't know what these people are thinking. Uh, um, I don't and get I think the addition of Hopkins and the growth of yes, will do nothing but help him. Because yep. Burks, I think, will be a fine number two receiver. And D-Hop, I don't know why teams think he can't play. Uh, he's still the man. He, if he were to play the entire year last year, I think he would have like 1,400 yards. Right. It's and still D hop people. And he didn't have Kyler for half of those games. Right. <laughs> so, and when he did, you saw what happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that's my number five back. Oh, reliable King Henry. Who you got? All right. It's funny because Derrick Henry for me is number four, actually. Mm. <laughs> but I'm glad you hit the button because you had the exact reason why I think he's a four. It's because of DeAndre Hopkins. I think adding someone like Hopkins takes that pressure off of Henry. And God damn, do you not want pressure off of Henry? He will make you suffer. Henry is a bulldozer of a running back. And I I think the only reason people even give him shit and are trying to drop his ranking is just because of his past. It's because he's had to run himself into the ground every fucking year. Does he look like he is slowing down people? No, he's actually, as he's gotten older, he's looked better. <laughs> exact. Thank you. I'm like, what games are you watching where him running that much every year is actually making him worse? Because in my opinion, no. he's getting stronger yeah, somehow. No. That's with every carry, too. Right. Carry, carry 25. He's he's Marshawn Lynch against the Saints. Right. You're still getting destroyed by him. So that's Carry 20, he's Nick Chubb. Exactly. So... I don't know. <laughs> I don't get it either. But I'm so glad you said that because number five for me is Mr. Nick Chubb, <laughs> <laughs> who is another person I think getting disrespected. I'm seeing Nick Chubb Agreed. going like eight, nine, ten. I'm like, are you are you kidding me? Like, what does Nick Chubb have to do to prove to the world that he is like a top three running back easily? I have a number five, but that's honestly just because of opportunity. There's also no Kareem Hunt anymore. So Boom. Chubb and Hunt together were a nasty running back duo, and they both were very successful in the stat the stat sheet. There's no Hunt anymore. So Nick Chubb only has Jerome Ford as his backup, who's a nobody, a barely after being a rookie. So, like, Nick Chubb is going from potential three-down back to probably being on every fucking play in the game. He's yeah. the only one yeah. they're going to trust with that rock at this point. Not saying receivers are going to be bad, but Chubb is an every play kind of guy. Yes. So that being said, the fact that he's also ultra efficient, the guy had almost a thousand yards again. I think he's had like five straight seasons where he's either flirted with a thousand yards or he surpassed it. He's had five straight seasons where he's had at least eight touchdowns and at least five yards per carry. The guy and not to mention the fact that he's doing that on, like, not 100% target share. So he's had to Boom. share the work 
with someone almost as good as he is, because I love Kareem Hunt as a rookie running back too, and yep. he's still this fucking efficient. So you're taking off the handcuffs at this point. And I didn't mean to say it like that because fantasy handcuff is a term, but that's amazing that it worked out like that. The handcuffs are coming off of Vic Chubb. I believe Cleveland, even with Deshaun Watson being the guy he is, I think he take a, they take a next step as a team. I think yes. the receivers are gonna, both going to be dope. And yes. I think Chubb is going to take that next step. Do I see Cleveland going crazy in a playoff run? No, it's still Cleveland. Don't get me wrong. But for fantasy purposes, if I'm getting Chubb as a running back one, I'm ecstatic. If he's a Especially two, at pick 10? Oh, shit. Right. That's fucking great. If he's a running back two, if y'all let me get this man as a two, just shine the trophy up and put my name on it immediately. Yes. Immediately. Yes. So, yeah. Don't disrespect Nick Chubb. That man has the potential to be in the, like the number one running back. The I don't see one. it just because of the people above him are still ridiculous, but he has got that potential. Completely agree. Completely um, agree. Again, four is Derrick Henry, but who is your number four? Number four is actually Nick Chubb. <laughs> Look at that. See? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for all the reasons you said, and yeah. I just want to put this into perspective for some people. All right. <laughs> Nick Chubb has only carried the ball over 300, he, Nick Chubb's only had over 300 carries one time in his career, and that was last year. Yep. And he had 1,500 yards, the most of his career. Good Lord. And 12 touchdowns, but who cares? Who cares? Now, he, like we say, he doesn't have Kareem Hunt anymore. Nope. I expect uh, 370 or so carries. Yep. 1,600 or so yards, 15 touchdowns. Sign me up for Nick Chubb. No big deal. That's only well, a little league winner. That's all. Yeah, that's it. And like you said, if I get him as an RB2, because there's been some times where I'm doing these mocks and I take same. Saquon. Yep. And then I come back same. around and I take Nick Chubb again. That's the same thing I've done. And it's like, <laughs> get cool. the fuck out the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Saquon, he's my number three. Hey, all right. Um, In my opinion, pound for pound, skill for skill, he's the most talented running back in the NFL. Just oh, my God. opinion. Honestly, Nothing I Nothing he that. can't do. He can run by you, run through you. He can catch the ball. All of that while playing for the New York Football Giants. <laughs> Those guys. <laughs> who still have Daniel Dimes. Yeah, unfortunately. Quarterback. Unfortunately. But, but hey, I mean, got hey. to the playoffs, so hey. who am I to say? What do we know? What do we know? But um, <laughs> if he was in a better situation offensively, I would have him higher. But there are two guys who are in better situations, and that's why I have him higher. Who do you have at number three? I actually have Saquon Barkley at number three as well. Mm. Beautiful. Everything you said is correct. And I would actually put a caveat and say, you know, stat wise, if you're looking at actual efficiency, he's actually not even that great of a receiver. He can catch, but mm -hmm. he's had some issues within the past. Now, I kind of attribute that to Danny Dines just not being a great passer and maybe bobbling things a bit on a few of those Barkley drives. But Saquon is, I mean, he's only about like what, four and a half yards after a reception. So, I mean, the thing is, he still gets all the looks. The offense still runs through Saquon. And now the Giants have arguably a better receiving core now. So, especially when they added Darren Waller. So now, with a couple extra weapons, a little bit better looks on that offensive line too. Like, And Daniel Dimes hopefully brings a little more of an efficiency to his passing game. But Saquon is still the, the centerpiece of that team. Saquon is somebody who, I mean, he got his, a little bit of money now, so... Maybe he's going to be happy and healthy this entire season. In fantasy, all that means is he's still getting a ton of volume. And at the end of the day, 
regardless of how I feel about the Giants as a football team, I am going for volume, especially in a PPR league. Volume, yes. volume, volume. And Saquon is a volume monster. So yes. let whatever he wants to do with it is what he's going to do. But Saquon is a great RB1 to build your team around. So, yeah, number three yes. I think is great. Great idea. Completely agree. Just yeah. one more thing I want to mention. Yes, sir. The man had 57 catches last year. Mm. That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the crazy thing is that could probably still go up. That's Yeah, he had 91 he, his rookie year. Right. So, like, you want volume to get you a championship. Facts. For number two. Here's I'm pretty sure we agree on two and one. We probably agree on two and one, but just in case. And again, for me, it's if he comes back to L.A., my guy is Austin Eckler. Yes. For number two. <laughs> if you don't know Austin Eckler by now and you're playing fantasy, I'm sorry. He's probably beat your ass in the past. Austin <laughs> Eckler is a fantasy monster. That yes. is the epitome of a dual threat running back. He can do it all. And the reason we say if he comes back to L.A., he's in a contract dispute because he wants more money. But it's because he fucking earned it. That man helped carry L.A. As many times as Herbert struggled, as many times as the receivers get injured, and we talked about Keenan Allen injuries and Mike William injuries. And all that love shit. Them. I love them. You know me. But Austin Eckler does not let you down on your fantasy team. Yes. Plain and simple. He's He has been at least the fourth best running back in the last four seasons. Yeah. I think three out of four, he was top four or higher. Completely agree. And yeah. th- th- there you go. He's a top five receiving back. Mm-hmm. He's never been less than second in targets, receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns in the last two years. So that mm-hmm. man, again, is the centerpiece of a high-octane team when everybody's healthy and happy. The Chargers know how to fucking sling it. The Chargers are really good at spreading that ball around, and Eckler makes people fucking pay in space. He makes yes. pay. Yes. Oh, yes. So with that receiving ability... I'm saying that fucking floor is high. The ceiling is even higher. So mm-hmm. as long as he comes back and is happy and stays healthy, Eckler is another league winner. He is somebody who can easily be the number one, the number two, maybe number three. But you're, that floor, you don't have to worry about that. Eckler's going to get no. you what you need every fucking week. Yeah. Eckler is going to be a steal for a lot of people this year because you're getting them mid-first round, late first yeah. round. Complete steal for a lot of people this year. Um Agree with everything you said. I just want to emphasize the Chargers offense is going to be nuts. Yeah. 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 If, All things considered, they need yes. to be. If if everyone is healthy, that shit is going to be insane. That's right. And you want to buy all the little stocks and bonds inside of the Chargers offense, especially <laughs> Austin Eckler, because it starts and ends with him. Absolutely true. Now, number one, I mean, I don't know if we Come need on. to explain too much. Uh... Not the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour, Christian McCaffrey. The one and only. The one and only. Um, I mean, what can you ask for? Uh, top-tier talent, top-tier situation, top-tier coach, match made in heaven. That's the holy trinity, trinity right there. So, I don't know, man. You're going to get volume. You're going to get touchdowns. You're going to get receptions. You're going to get schemes. Yep, yep. Um, you're good. You're good. Set I would take it. him. I honestly would take him over Justin Jefferson. Honestly, because we talk about running backs and how volatile that position is, if you're going to draft a running back very high, it's got to be McCaffrey. It has He's the to only be. one I'm taking over, JJ. He's the only one. And we talk about like we're tight ends with Travis Kelsey and saying, like, hey, if you're not getting Kelsey, 
maybe wait a little bit on the tight end. It's kind of the same with running back. As great as these top 10 running backs are, McCaffrey yeah. is worth the look at the top. Yeah. The rest of them, eh, if you can beat a mid-round, that's great. But McCaffrey's yeah. the only one I would feel comfortable over someone like a Justin Jefferson and saying, yeah. hey, this is the anchor of my team. You Because you know you're getting the points you're looking for every fucking Yes. As long as he stays healthy. The only caveat I will put for why someone might argue that McCaffrey isn't number one is Elijah Mitchell. And it's only because Elijah Mitchell was very efficient, very mm-hmm. underrated running back in a offense that caters to it every strength he's got. He is the epitome of a, of a touchdown vulture. That's just kind of how it goes. McCaffrey, though, is talented enough where he will run it in his own touchdowns. He's just that explosive. Yeah. If they get into a lot of kind of goal-to-goal situations. Mitchell might get mixed in there a little bit. I wouldn't be that concerned about it, honestly, though, because McCaffrey's still the guy. They draft. I mean, they traded for him. That's somebody they built that offense around. Everybody's kind of being back to healthy now. Honestly, yeah, McCaffrey is easily the best running back in this league. And in fantasy, you can go no wrong there. No, not at all. Um, Between C-Mac and JJ, it's like, eh, who do you like? I mean, yeah, it's pick your poison, really. Yeah. I like it. All right. So that's top 10 we got. There's one more that I wanted to discuss with. Mm. And again, we look at 2022 in our rear view and we say, hey, the people we thought were going to be fantasy studs, some of them didn't work, some of them did, and vice versa. People we thought were going to suck, some of them had some pretty good ones. I want to know if you could pick one fantasy player mm-hmm. as your, your comeback player of the year in fantasy, who would that be? Great question. <laughs> um, it's funny we were talking about running backs my bounce yeah. back player is a running back all right his name is jk dobbins oh i love that pick i love that um, pick the issue with him has never been talent no because he's lightning in a bottle um last year i think he averaged like five and a half yards a carry right he's always around five six yards a carry that is fucking insane imagine if he had a full-time workload Ooh. Oh, my God. And that's what I'm expecting this year. J.K. to stay healthy. J.K. Please. to get a full, full-time full workload. Yes. Him and Lamar are going to destroy teams in that zone read if they <laughs> if they run it. I don't know if yes. they're going to run it as much this year. We'll um, see. But the addition of Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham. Oh, yeah. Are going to do wonders for Lamar and J.K. in the backfield to run the ball. No more stacked boxes. You got to mm. respect the throw. That's right. J.K. is too explosive. Too talented not to capitalize on a full-time workload and a healthy season if he stays healthy. Just knock on wood. Pray he stays healthy. Knock on wood. Uh, I've loved him coming out of college, of uh, out of Ohio State. I thought he was the best back in that draft. Yeah. I think he has the potential to to be a top five back, all things considered. Mm. He has I that type don't of disagree. He, like I said, efficient with the yards per carry, can yeah. score touchdowns, explosive, can catch the ball. So. Even though he hasn't been used as a receiver. Let me throw that out there. That's very true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I mean, come on, guys. That's yeah. use the man in his wheelhouse. But I love Dobbins. I've always felt like he just needed that opportunity to stay healthy. And with that offense, like you said, the weapons they've added, I totally agree. That will lead the way for him to have a great season if everything goes well. Because yes. I think he's very talented. Mm. Immensely. For my comeback player of the year, I've already kind of mentioned him in passing, but I will get back to him. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but I have to really push this. And it shouldn't be that much of a stretch. 
my player is Darren Waller. Mm. Now, Darren Waller, again, we talk about tight ends and how the tight end position last year was a dumpster fire. Unless you had Kelsey, maybe Kittle, the rest of them were just nothing. Dime a dozen. They gave you the same three points a game. It was He's the weird fucking thing. Like your Hawkinson. Even Hawkinson is <laughs> pretty much up there. Hawkinson is the top five now. So, like, the tight end position was so ridiculous that everyone was just getting, like, five points a game from all the tight ends. Don't know where the fuck they're going to But with Darren Waller, and I mentioned this before, how when he was in Vegas, you know, great player. Pro bowler in 2020. Top three, top two tight end when he's healthy. Cool. With, with Derek Carr slinging the rock to him, Darren Waller was a menace. However, ever since then, he had a lot of fucking injury. And some personal shit that happened, at, I believe, at home as well, where he really couldn't stay consistent, he couldn't stay on the field, that kind of thing. So I was stunned that Vegas kind of gave up on him and said, just trade him to the Giants. Because I think Darren Waller is still a terrific player when he's healthy. Nice. But when he goes to the Giants, now, again, Daniel Jones, not the great passer that we that everyone thinks he is or that New York wants to pay him like he is. But if you know your camp, if you're looking at the practices, looking at everything going on in the summertime here, Daniel Jones and Darren Waller have created tremendous chemistry already. Yes, and that's, I have seen that. a few videos. I have read that as well. So knowing that there's really not a lot of top-tier receiving options in New York at this point, Darren Waller could easily slot in as that number one receiver type and that mm -hmm. safety blanket for Daniel Jones. And when it Ooh. comes to, again, a PPR league, I can see Danny Dimes becoming Danny Checkdown a lot more than he's used to doing. And Waller would eat that shit up for breakfast because that's the shit he's capable of doing. He yeah. can bust you up in the middle. So yeah. Darren Waller is somebody because of what he had to do last year and couldn't get through a season. And coming to this year, I think big time comeback potential where he's going to slot right back into probably a top three, top four tight end again. And hopefully get the, the production that he's supposed to give you. Again, don't draft him high. Don't be stupid. If you're not going for Kelsey, don't do a top three tight end in the first three rounds. You're an idiot. But if you get Someone like a Waller in that seven or eight spot, I think you're going to be in good shape. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. I agree. Um, Darren Waller has been falling in a lot of the mocks I've been doing. Yes. Um, and I've been more than happy to take him, like you said, in the eighth round. I'll take Snap him. him up. Snap yep. him up, bro. <laughs> Too talented. Too talented not to do it. Right. Well. And it wasn't that long ago. People were like giving him shit for his last couple of years. The man was a pro bowler just a couple of years ago. So it's like he's not far removed. From being a fucking dog, let him just get a healthy season in a new offense where he's going to be a featured player. To me, that's like, dude, that's fantasy gold. If you're digging, if you're mining yeah. in the eighth round and he's falling. Yeah, and dude. I believe the opportunity is going to be there. He's going to be the number one target. I think so. I definitely think. Oh, man. So that's all we got for the fantasy shit. I do want to do one PSA before we wrap things up. So public service announcement. And it's only because this happened and I saw this yesterday. My my family and I went out to dinner uh, right by the lake uh, in Oconomowoc. If you're not from the Midwest, you can't even say the word Oconomowoc. But that's how we say it up here. Uh, very beautiful city. Like a thousand lakes built in. Everybody takes their fucking retirement homes up there and they build their lake homes. Fucking $3 million and shit. Anyway, so we went to this really nice restaurant that's right on the lake. Beautiful weather and everything. And this woman sitting next to us uh, had a dog with her. And the waitress came up to her and was like, hey, is that a service dog? And she, the woman goes like, oh, oh yeah, it totally is. Yeah, that was not a fucking service dog. There was no vest. 
There was no tag. And that dog is like, you know, if you know service dogs, they don't go and wander. They stay no. by you. They stay yep. very calm. They lay yep. by your feet until they receive a command. This dog was a mongrel from the streets and shit. Just walking around, sniffing people's food and people's feet. And she's trying to, like, be discreet about it and pull it back like, fucking cinnamon, get your ass back here. Like, I'm like, I looked at my wife like, fucking service dog. Like, don't front. So the PSA is, don't be that person trying to front like you have a service dog when the fuck you know you don't. Because that's a disgrace to people who actually need the service dogs and the, you know, emotional support dogs and shit like that. And yeah. for all I know, maybe it was an emotional support dog for all I know. I don't know. But even that, I feel they have some kind of tag or something that says what they are. But that was not that. Stop bringing your fucking chihuahua to the fucking restaurant because you can't be alone. That is not a service dog. Put the fucking vest on and train it if it's a real service dog. But I'm not trying to hear your fucking yappy ass dog when I'm eating my dinner because you can't leave this shit at home. So <laughs> stop that shit. We all know what you're doing. And that's that bullshit. Public <laughs> service announcement has concluded. What are your final words to your fans, sir? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the shit you see, I'm telling you. The shit you see. Man, tell me why I'm not surprised. <laughs> of course, you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. <laughs> Man, uh, final words to my peoples. I'm going to just repeat what I said earlier. Um, if you yeah. if you have a baby father, <laughs> if, you, if you have children, maybe don't go out to the bar at 12 a.m. to party with a bunch of dudes that are single. Maybe don't do that. Especially on a fucking Sunday. Especially on a Sunday fun day, please. Um, I mean, we're not going to complain, but it doesn't look too well on your... Mm. Um, other than that, drink some water. Take care of yourself. Um, get you a sponsor stick. Yeah. Uh, that's all I got. Peace nice. and love. Yeah. Peace and love. I love that shit, man. Uh, my final words. Again, I'll echo a sentiment of just if you're like me and you're on that weight loss journey, man, just keep going. Don't put so much stock into the fucking weight number and just focus on how you feel. Don't be like anybody else. You can't replicate what they're doing. Everyone's on their own journey. So you can do it. If I can fucking do it, if I can get my fat ass out of bed at 6 a.m. and hit the fucking gym consistently, I know you can do it. And if you ever need motivation, come on the fucking show. We were at the Bank Bro Show on YouTube and Facebook. We're at Bank Bro Show on Instagram, and we are the Bank Bro Show at gmail.com. And if you want to be anonymous, that's totally fine, too. We will mm -hmm. answer your questions. But we are here to motivate and inspire and educate. So hit us up wherever yeah. you are, wherever you get this podcast. Because we are what we're here for you. That's what we say every fucking time, right? You can That's bank on that. You feel me? You can bank on it. One, two, three.